0: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex. Got a few more minutes with you until we give you up for the Rangers pregame show. They are taking on the Brewers on a big series. It's not as big as the Astro series, but the Rangers. Uh, every series is big as we get later into the season, uh, and the Brewers a above five hundred teams. so it is going to be a big series uh, for them to keep up pace. And they understand either the Mariners or Astros is going to lose some games this weekend. So if they can or they're able to sweep the Brewers, the Rangers move a little bit further ahead. Uh, so they these wins could be big. This could be a big weekend whenever you have two guys that are behind you uh, playing each other. Of course, the Astros taking on. The Seattle Mariners this weekend, they're about three and a half games back from the Rangers. They're about three and a half games uh, in front of the uh, Mariners, the Astros are. So to see where those teams end up, we'll get to there. Sark Sound, uh, we asked you guys on the Big Fat Poll of the Day, which freshman for the Longhorns will have the biggest impact this season? And I'm saying true freshman too. True freshman. Uh, we've got some answers there. If you want to join the conversation, 512-337-3776. That is the Specs text line. And here is Sark giving a little bit on the freshmen and how they're developing so far. Sark spoke to the media today before the second scrimmage. Uh, here's Sark on the freshmen since we're asking you about the freshmen.
1: You know, I think the one thing about this class in, in general, I think it's very competitive. I think these guys are – um, a competitive group. They play hard. They go hard and that, I think that's a credit to the coaches too of, of instilling that in those guys to go um, but I also think it's a credit to our older players because they've understood how we like to practice and so I think it's made it a little bit easier for the young guys to be like oh this is how we work and they've been going for it and so um, I do think there's a lot of quality players in the class um, you know time will tell how much you know they impact the game when we, when we get to the games Obviously, some more than others, uh, but that doesn't mean over time. And we look back at this class, you know, three, four years from now. You know, hopefully, there's a, there's a lot of production, whether it's at the line of scrimmage on offense or defense, you know, in in playmaking ability and things of that nature. But but I think up to this point, I've been very pleased with with what this class has brought.
0: There's the reason why I asked the big fat poll of the day today, today. It was Sark saying this is a competitive class. This class wants to make an impact. And he says some more than others could make an impact this season. So that is why we're asking the question on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776, which Texas freshman will have the biggest impact this season. But we're not to the season yet. I know. I can't wait either. I can't wait for football either. But uh, we are on our second scrimmage and Sark was asked today what is different between the first scrimmage and the second scrimmage we know he said earlier the first scrimmage is kind of just working things out here's what Sark had to say the difference on the scrimmage from first to second to know what your reports you can expect uh, coming out this weekend and on Monday
1: uh, a couple different um, kind of scenarios that, that we want to get better at uh, that we want to work on um, some of the substitution things game like substitutions where you're rolling um, situations as they come whether it's low red zone, then you got to go to goal line, then you go for two, there's a lot of substitutions that have to happen there, and getting those mechanics done from the sidelines in the moment, things like that that we'll work on, on top of playing the game, you know, and, and really working the game, whether it's the two-minute scenarios, um, you know, third, fourth down type work there, uh, which I thought we did a good job of last week, but uh, because of how big it is in college football right now, I want to make sure we're, we're really dialed on that, so It'll look probably very similar, uh, but there's going to be little things along the way that that will be different.
0: So not too much different. He did say last week, uh, week two is where you get into more where you start to look at the depth chart. Week three is going to be much more of a depth chart week, I believe. But week two of scrimmages is a little bit more of a depth chart week. Of all right, let's see if this. Let's let's start comparing w- apples and or let's start comparing apples and apples. Let's start comparing these DBs and see. All right. Let's put this guy in this situation, and we'll put Malik Muhammad here, and you know we'll put somebody, we'll, and we can have a competition to see if who's going to be able to take that spot, who's going to be at the next stop, the next stop, even a freshman. If you say Anthony Hill or Le, Le'On Lafau, and you say, okay, let's kind of put them in similar situations, and and see how they react, and, and see which one of them we may put on our depth chart above. So we're not putting together a real depth chart yet but we are starting to say okay i think this guy's better in this situation this guy's better in this situation and speaking of situations and turnovers sark was asked about how do you root for the you know a team when there's turnovers are you rooting for the offense to never have a turnover are you rooting for the defense to get turnovers how do you judge in a scrimmage against yourself how do you you know how you react to certain different you know inevitabilities of a game and here's what Sark had to say to give a little bit more insight of how you can break apart when, you know, the report is so-and-so threw three interceptions or so-and-so, you know, you know we heard that you never hear anybody throws the interception. You may not hear that, but you hear that the that, that Texas defense picked off the ball or got some fumbles. Here's how Sark had to take the turnovers and situations and scrimmages.
1: I like, I like both sides of the ball. You know, I mean, obviously when you run 130 plays, you um, you're going to have some turnovers. It's how those turnovers occurred is what I'm trying to clean up. Um, like I said, I thought the defense had a really good segment um, in the in the third down, fourth down portion of, of it last week, which is which is important for us. Obviously, we've got to clean up the the quarterback scramble things, and then you know the 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 red area, which I thought the offense was relatively effective last week. So you're always working on both, um, and in the end, it's it's can we can we. Can we you know adhere to the task at hand when the moment calls for it, and that's what I'm trying to figure out not only collectively but individually of how guys respond, what's the communication like in those scenarios when they come up
0: so this is the uh, the, the the very diplomatic answer first and then still somewhat diplomatic at the end, but we're not so much worried about if you if you throw one hundred and thirty passes if you or you make one hundred thirty plays there's going to be turnovers in them, but we want to see. How the defense reacts when they do get a turnover, how they are able to bounce back up, how they're able to get back on the field quickly, and how this offense reacts to, you know, maybe a pass that bounces off of of a wide receiver's hands or a running back's hands or a tight end's hands, whatever it is. If the ball bounces off and it's a pick, but it's not the quarterback's fault. How does that quarterback react to that? Because... We saw Quinn last year not necessarily have the best body language at all times. He tried to correct it when it got to the bowl game, and he tried to correct a lot of things. He was thrown into a situation where I don't think he was fully ready for the big spotlight of being a starting quarterback because it was such a long layoff and such a stark difference of your third string not going to see the ball at Ohio State. You're, you know, taking a year off from college or from high school, basically. So such a long stretch between when he last was playing, even just on Friday Night Lights, to being on the stage, playing at DKR, playing on the road uh, in the Big 12. I don't know if he was fully ready for that, but a lot of guys aren't. It just takes time. He seems better at that. So one of those situations you look at for a Quinn Ewers or for an Archer Malik is you're going to look at when that pass goes out, and it may not be yours, or maybe your wide receiver pulled up on one, maybe they tell, maybe something happened. What is what is their reaction going to be? Or if a wide receiver gets overthrown, are they going to run back to the line of scrimmage and go, "Let's go with the next play"? Those kind of things is what he's saying. You're going to look at at this scrimmage as well to make sure that you're ready for who's ready to play at this level, who understands the assignment, versus who's trying to make an impact in a scrimmage because we're not, we're scrimmaging and you have to know the difference. We want you to play hard with Dan Quinn said earlier. Sometimes you got to push yourself to find the edge. You want to do all that. You want to do all that, but you also want to be aware of what the situations are in these games. Sark also asked, was asked about the O and D line that how can you judge this O line starting off with a D line that is getting so much praise and it's similar kind of question. It's offense versus defense. You're scrimmaging yourself, but does it O and D line? Does that help each other? Grow if you're playing against good O line and good D line.
1: Okay, so you know I think I think the interior defensive line um, is is playing really well, and we've got some we've got some uh, really good players in there. Obviously, you know when you start talking about you know Byron Murphy, you know Sweat what he provides. Alfred's playing at a high level. I think Jare Bledsoe has stepped up. You know Vernon you know, definitely explosive in there. So there's a there's a variety of guys in there. Um, you know, and, and inevitably, that's great for the for the offensive line. You you want to go against really good people every day. You want to get pushed. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, you know my, my my goal is that when we kick the ball off in real games that we're playing at a high level. And to do that, we have to make it competitive. You know, we have to make sure that our receivers are taxing our secondary. we got to make sure that the linebackers are rushing really good so that the runners learn to pass protect. we got to make sure that, you know, our, our tight ends are a problem, uh, not only in the run game and the pass game. So it all kind of flows and works together. Um, and there's going to be moments and days when, you know, one side has the advantage over the other. Um, so, and I think that that's happened up front. You know, we, we've had days we ran the ball well and been really effective, and other days, you know, that 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 defensive lines had their moments too. And and that's the beauty of having a, a, a good team and a team that's balanced on both sides of the ball that they can push one another and and raise each other's level of play as the days go.
0: It's that iron sharpens iron. Big big point of a lot of coaches. Iron sharpens iron. With Texas, we know that O-line and D-line play needs to improve this year, and it needs to be on a path to where it's going to be with Kyle Flood, with Bo Davis, with with PK, with everybody. It needs to be pushed forward because going to the SEC, that line play on both sides needs to be at an almost elite level for you to be able to compete for an SEC championship, and you need to do it right now in the Big 12, that the Big 12, they are they're not necessarily respecting you in some of these polls, of putting Kelvin Banks as first team, not necessarily respecting that this O-line could be something special. And if you're getting bullied in in practice, that's fine because it's going to help you learn better of how to project yourself and how to play at a higher level. Now, I will also say something that I've harped on a lot is the running back room for this Texas team because I know they have the talent in this running back room, but I also know Sark is not necessarily – going to give this running back room a ton of chances to prove itself, someone's going to have to take the reins for this running back room, in my opinion. That I know he wants to put running backs in certain situations, but the more you allow Sark to pick his situations, it's going to be more and more pass plays and it's going to be little drop off screens and not necessarily trying to really pound the rock to a point to build consistency, to build up a run game in the first half that you can then use in the second half that you've beat on this D-line, that the O-line can really beat ahead and just push ahead on guys, not just playing pass protection, which is a little bit harder to do for an O-line for most people. You want to be able to have that running back. Jonathan Brooks, we know, can do it. We know he has the, the physical ability. We know he's, he's talented enough, has enough football IQ to do it. We, we know they have multiple guys. We know C.J. Baxter can probably do it. We don't know if he's there yet, but here's Sark talking about the running back room and what he says at the end gets me the most.
1: No, we're, we're not there yet. I think that to be fair to those guys, they need another need another day tomorrow. I, I do know this: we got plenty of guys that can play, and that's that's a positive. Um, but I look for a lot of a lot of different things. You know, like today we did had a heavy two minute situation where how do guys respond in that scenario? And what does that look like? What do they look like on the goal line and in short yardage? You know, what do they look like on regular downs? What do they look like in third down and pass protection? So inevitably, you know who are the best at what, and then maybe early on, that's how we kind of have to play them some. Or if one guy's better at three of the four, hey, that, that, then it makes life a little easier. But that's what we're trying to figure
0: out. There you go. One guy is good, better at three of the four. So you need one guy to come out and be start killing. And again, Jonathan Brooks, this is his position to take. This is his position, and I don't want to say his position to lose. I want to say it's his to take because I want Jonathan Brooks to come and take this position. And we heard him talk. We played some audio from him earlier in the week. He's young, you know, and he's, he's trying to do the right thing. But I need him to have just a little bit more ego to say, no, this is my running back room. I waited behind Bijan and Roshan. I waited behind. I did my thing. But, but I saw Roshan Johnson. I saw him. He was a team guy and team first all the time. But he wasn't going to allow Bijan Robinson to take every single carry, even though Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the country, arguably. I'm, no, Rochon's still going to get his. And I need Jonathan Brooks to say, no, no, I'm getting mine. And we'll see once we get into the season if he can take that extra step of that extra competitiveness, that extra, extra aggression. Can he take that forward? But that's what I want to see out of a Jonathan Brooks. And if he can't do it, if he doesn't have that, I want to see C.J. Baxter pushing him as hard as he can. Because I think it's Jonathan Brooks. I think when you talk about doing three out of the four – I don't know if Jonathan Brooks I haven't seen him his receiving game enough. I know he can catch a ball, but I haven't seen enough if he's got the route down and he can get let enough separation and he can do quite what Keelan Robinson can do in the receiving game. But if his pass protection is looking really good and if he can run through the if he can run through the O line and just run up the middle and then he can be elusive on the outside and he can read the defense and if he can do all of those things and he can play on special teams and he can do everything he wants to do, then Jonathan Brooks is the guy but i need to see him have a little bit more ego than and again it's i'm not there every day so i can't tell you maybe he does but that's what i want to see out of him when the season starts i want to see him every single play that he is not in right there on the sideline ready to go i don't want to see him sitting down i don't want to see i want to see him ready to check back into that game at all time because i want to see somebody who understands Man, I think I want to be playing for a Heisman next year or the year after. I want to be in that conversation. I know quarterbacks win the Heisman. I know it. But I think he needs to be in the position of I want to be competing at that level. I want to be considered a guy that can be you know, drafted in the first round. I want to make Mel Kuyper furious. That's what I want to do. And I want to see that out of him. He's still young. He's got a lot of fire, but we know what he can do. We just need to see if he's able to push it all together and fight off, fight off any other competitors for his spot and become the main running back. And when C.J. Baxter never gets, gets in, because you want to do running back by committee to points, you want to draw up plays that certain guys are better at. But at the same point, I want him on the sideline waiting to get back in. At this scrimmage, I want him 100% invested all of the plays because he f- should feel like any single play you call, I should be in on that play. That's what I want from Jonathan Brooks, i gonna play one more clip real quick about Sark talking about his man, Jeff Banks. Here's Sark talking about Jeff Banks, a secret weapon that Texas has that I think more people are starting to figure out.
1: Well, I think there's two things. One, he, he puts in the time and the effort. You know, we're, we're very organized. Um, you know, he's got a real plan. Um, I think he does a really good job of fitting our personnel to the scheme and getting the right people in the right spots to do what they do really well. Um, I think he does a nice job of recognizing players that may not be always frontline starters, but play with a style on special teams where they can find a role. Uh, Keaton Crawford and Mo Blackwell, the guys of that nature. Uh, and then inevitably, I, I, I love kind of. A, the attitude that he brings, and the aggressiveness, because I think that's half of special teams. You've got to have players that want to be on teams, and I think, I think Jeff creates an environment where our, our guys want to be on special teams. They, they love what he brings. They love the energy. They love the fact that we're going to scheme people, um, but yet he's going to demand maximum effort every time that we go. And uh, I think you, you tie it all together with his organization. I, I think that,
0: that's why he's really good at what he does. The secret weapon there for Texas, Jeff Banks. I'm telling you, that guy with his recruiting, what he's got these guys believing in special teams, secret weapon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jeff Banks. Uh, Chan, I see you on the line. We need two steady backs. I don't disagree with you, but I want those two steady backs to not just be okay with sharing the load. I want them to push each other to try and be the back. That's what I want to see. I want to see them both try and be the best back, but I agree with you, Chan. We do need two because one's not enough in today's in today's college football. Thank you so much for everybody joining us today. We're going to give you up for the Texas Rangers pregame show here at 630. Appreciate all you playing along. Uh, make sure to follow us on our social medias. You can follow me at It's Patrick Davis. We'll keep up with you all weekend long, and we'll be right back here on Monday. But until then, be kind to each other, keep yourself safe, keep your underwear clean, and we will see you Monday right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn.